Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. The title of my message is A Kingdom Time. So we'll throw that on the screen. Okay, cool. There looks good. All right. Um, I haven't seen it yet, guys. So that's that's the first time I've seen it. It looks really good. So thanks to our graphic team. It's amazing. But um, yeah, I definitely, I'm doing a lot better than I once was. When I first showed up here, I was the angry guy getting mad at the usher who was just doing his job trying to find me a seat. But he tended to grab me kind of by the neck, the same dude, and he'd kind of like walk me like, hey, how you doing? I'm going to show you where your seat's at. And he'd always walk me to like the center of the stage where I never wanted to, or the center of the, a row where I never wanted to sit. I always wanted to sit on the ends so I could make my way out pretty quick and get to the truck and take off. But um, yeah, we came a long way, babe. So here we are. So thank God. Um, you know, guys, but I was, I was preparing for this message and I started thinking like, what type of society do, do we really live in? And, and it just hit me like a bomb. It hit me so quick and strong. And um, the Holy Spirit told me that it's almost like the society, not the, the kingdom society, but the, the earthly society, that they're living in a microwave society where everything around us is, is quick. Everything's about speed. Like we want, the, we want fast internet. We want faster phones, faster computers, Faster cars, faster money, faster results. I mean, literally, Monique's always on Instacart and DoorDash, like, all the time. Like, things are just showing up left and right. And we live, literally, in a world where it's a, it's a order and receive world. It's an order and receive world. That's a world that, the, that, that society presents. It's not kingdom, but earthly society. And that's not what we're after. Really, what we're after is not being in a performance based in society because when we convert that and we start thinking about that to, to the kingdom, it's like we could be trying to do all these things. We could be, you know, doing this thing, doing that thing, and next thing you know, we're performing. But the thing is that the kingdom is always opposite of society. The kingdom is always opposite. Like if it says go left, if the society is telling you go left, like the kingdom is literally going to tell you go right. You could cross-reference that in so many different parts of the Bible. And it's, uh, it's crazy because we live in such a fast-paced world. I was even, one of my, I'm, I'm a general contractor, a builder by trade. And one of the things that I talk to my clients about is they all say, wow, you guys are so fast. And I always use this analogy, uh, the Amazon Prime analogy. So Amazon Prime got introduced in 2005, okay? And they had two-day shipping. So stuff's showing up quick, and people are pumped on it. It sounds great. It's working good. And now we fast forward to 2023, and it's still like... It's not enough. Now we're doing same day. Now we're clicking the filter, like 7 between 11 a.m. And, oh, no, that doesn't work. Now we're going to go from 2 to 5. And, hey, if it doesn't work, we don't want it. But that's not what we're after. That's not what we're after. We're really after chasing the power of the kingdom, not the power of what society tells us power is. And if you think about it and you look at it, God says in my first Scripture, Matthew 6, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added. And we have to ask ourselves, what is that? Because that verse is a tricky verse right there for a lot of people. 
a lot of people think that if I seek first the kingdom, then I'm going to get what I wanted to get. And it's something that people could try to manipulate, and, and it happens. It's just a real thing because we live in a fallen world, and, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're not sure of it. But that's not a verse. That's not a verse that we could manipulate. The purpose of that verse is when we actually show up and we're saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to die to myself. Seeking first a kingdom is literally laying down your entire life. It's showing up to connect group when you don't want to show up to connect group. It's going to DNA when you don't want to go to DNA. It's going to men's prayer when you don't want to go to men's prayer. It really is, and, and, and I've learned that because there's no way around it because we might be able to fool maybe our wife, we might be able to fool our mom, we might be able to fool our brother or sister, whatever it may be. I mean, we may be able to just, you know, figuratively speaking, but the thing is we can never fool God. God knows everything. He's not, he's not limited and confined to being at one place at one time. You could count all the people in the room here. There's tons of people, and he's with us everywhere we go at once. So there's nothing that he doesn't know about us. So that leads me to my first point of kingdom time, which is inventory. And for me, taking inventory really is, I, I think a lot about my life. Like I was once that guy who truly walked in here and was getting upset at the security guard, you know, for trying to tell me where to sit. I mean, I don't like, and I still don't like how he used to grab me by my neck, but I would be a lot nicer now. I'd be a lot different. I'd probably swat his hand real quick and just like, oh, it's okay. You know, and then I'd let him show me my seat. Just playing, I wouldn't do that. But uh, I would be nice to him, you know? And it's, it's just continuous work. It's really looking at yourself. And I've had to look at myself in so many different scenarios of, who I am as, as a man, as I've, as I've grown, you know, as I went from a, a boy to a young man to a man, because you graduate in different phases. And for me, I've, I've had to study myself of how, I, how am I as, uh, first off, as, as a husband, like, how do I treat my wife? How do I, how do I talk to my wife? You know, how do I conduct myself when I'm upset? And I mean, we've made a lot of progress, my wife will tell you, but that's, Thousands of dollars later, thanks to Dr. Brian, but it's all good. So it works. Counseling works. We'll get on that in a minute. But, yeah, so I've, I've had to do that. But, no, just playing. I learned a little bit before going to him, so his, his work was a little smoother with me. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's really about that. And, you know, not only as a husband, how, how am I as a dad? You know, do I show up at the end of the day and do I give, like, absolutely nothing? Is the tank gone? Do I give my, my, my son nothing? Do I give my family nothing? What is that to do? How do I show up to church? Do I show up, you know, just because I'm committed and part of the church, do I show up? When I, when I show up to serve, do I show up with a, a, a smile on my face? But is, you know, is it, how do I feel inside? You know, I've had you, you it's, it's something that you always must do. You must always take account and you all, you Always must take an assessment on yourself, always. And it's continuous work. And you know what I realized really is um, that I've, I've been really privileged to have a good wife because even when I didn't want to take the assessments for myself and the accountability for myself, she's taken it for me. And she's actually reached out. Like, I mean, I can't tell you guys. Like, I've been coming here for six years, and I can't tell, him, tell you how many times she's called Chris Aguilar. I mean, at various times of the day, it's like, hey, Chris, this guy's like, this guy's crazy. Like, could you help this guy? Could you talk to him? And, and it's happened. And then he calls me up, hey, Tony. And he's, like, literally the only person that calls me Tony. My dad's name is Tony, so he goes by. His name's Anthony, but he goes by Tony, but you can't call him Anthony. Like, it's a no-go. And so, and I don't go by Tony. Like, Tony's not my name. My name's Anthony, so I'm kind of, we're, we have that similarity. And 
he calls me up, hey, Tony, what's up? You know, how you doing? What's going on? Hey, come to the house. And I can't tell you how many times, like, I've had to go over there because I've had to take accountability for myself. I've had to take inventory on myself. I've had to grow, and I've had to sit at that man's dinner table at 11 p.m. at night, and, you know, he's in his pajamas, and he's, like, he, he likes eating fruit at night. So he's, like, he got, like, oranges and kiwis, and, like, he's right there with a real nice little knife, and psh, psh, psh. And then my wife's telling him on me, and then, like, you know, Denise is there, and then he's like, he's like, oh, okay, okay. And they go, hey, Tony, eat this real quick, you know? And he's, like, he's feeding me and, and scolding me and sharpening me, and, it, and it's a great time, you know? So it, it, it's just really the power of, of, you know, evaluating yourself because the truth is that's what we must do. Do we really want to grow? Because in those times, it's like, yeah, those are hard times, and there's friction, but what do I really want to do with my life? Do I want to grow? Do I want to be the same Anthony I was in, in, in 2022 and bring that into 2023? I don't. I don't wait for the year to end and start. I don't do that because I bring change now in the moments. But I just know that there's certain things that I don't want to drag along with me. So in those moments, it, it, it's really key to um, take evaluation on yourself. And you know what? One of the things I really love is that God really, he's, he's really gentle. Like he really is because he'll he'll... He'll let you sit where you're sitting. He won't make you get out of your seat. And at the end of this message, when I, you know, when I ask some people, hey, you know what, if this resonates with you, you know, if, you, if you're not walking right with God and, and if you want to shoot up your hand, like, if you don't shoot up your hand, that's okay. But you're going to sit where you're at because God gives you guys that free will, and that's what we must understand. And one of the things that I love is that, you know, he gives us free will and he's gentle, but also he's a God who literally, he meets us where we're at. And it takes me literally, as I say that, it takes me to the story of, uh, or to the book of Joshua. And Joshua is getting ready to lead the Israelites across the Jordan River and, you know, to go conquer Jericho. And uh, the, they have a lot of different priests and they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant and they're in the front. Like Joshua commands them, tells them, go in the front. And they go in the front of the pack to lead the pack. And Joshua told them before that when your foot touches the edge of the river, the water is going to stop. And the water will slow. And that's like, that's crazy. That, like that's you having to really take inventory and knowing, hey, I know where I'm at and I believe in this. Like, I must because the Jordan River wasn't like just a little baby river, a stream. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. Like, it'll wipe you out. And for them to do that and then to know and to see the power of God, literally, it says in Scripture, it says right here, it says, Joshua 3.13, the priests will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all earth, as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of the water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. So picture that, picture witnessing that account of seeing that wall of water. That's crazy. That's the power of God. That's what we're after. We're after the power of God. And it's not about, hey, like taking accountability and inventory of yourself is, is the first step. But really, what good is taking inventory of yourself if you don't take action? You must take action, you know, when you get it. Because it's just such a powerful, powerful, powerful message and in, in, in seeing to see the power of God. And it drops me, I told you guys, it's a fast flight. So it, it drops me into my second point is action. 
So as we take action, as I've taken action in my life, I, I've realized a lot. I've realized that, you know, my upbringing, like, yeah, my, my parents did the best they could with me, but then there's things like you got to pick and choose what you take. Like you can't take everything. You got to take the good and then you got to cut off the bad. It's like having a steak that has like too much fat on it sometimes. You got to literally like cut that stuff off and, you know, don't eat it if you want to look like Pastor Mike. So that's, you know, you can't eat that. You can't eat the fat. You got to get the protein only. So. You know, I know that really my, my heart needed to change. And uh, the only way to do that was really just by knowing the Father, by me really like understanding who God is, what he does, and what he presents to us, like what he offers us, and then buying into it, taking action, buying into it. And to tell you the truth, it's like, for me, I, I knew I had a lot of work to do. I had to cut out so much stuff, and my wife will be the first to tell you there's a long list, but it's okay. But, um, you know, one key thing for me, and, and I feel like it might resonate with, like, some men. I know actually men that, that, that suffer from this, and I suffered it from years, is really showing up when it gets tough. Like, really showing up when it gets tough, because I remember there's been so many times I'm talking, because I've been coming for six or seven years, and yeah, I showed up a mess, but I remember, like, my first, like, two years, three years of, like, coming, because I didn't talk to no one for a year, so that year don't count, and then it's like I had two years of, like, actually starting to see, like, God move, you know, so I, I didn't get better for a while, but that's because it was me, but I remember, like, driving here, and literally, you know, we would get in these little arguments that meant nothing, and I would say, you know what? I, I don't want to go. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go. What's the point of even showing up? Like, you know, I, there's no point. Like, I could drop you off in the front, and then I could U-turn, just and go home, you know? And literally, that's so many times I, I wanted to do that. And really, after going through that and, and seeing that, that, that that's not the way, I started becoming consistent, because I broke that. And I said, you know what? That's not going to be something that's going to get in my way. And I broke that because it was crazy. The Lord, the, it was one of the most clearest times of my entire life. I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. And it told me, it said, or he said, he said, your relationship with anyone, not just your wife, isn't contingent upon you showing up to church. What does that have to do with your relationship with the Lord? Nothing. So at that point, there was like a divine separation. And I was like, you know what? Okay, you know what? You're right. And, and the Holy Spirit convicted me. And next thing you know, I started building, building a habit of consistency with showing up, with doing the right things, with going to men's prayer. And I mean, it was almost like even a little, like, not extreme in the sense of like, like, I was necessarily performing, but I had a major heart shift, like a radical heart shift almost immediately because at that time it was 2019 and I used to live in University Heights and that's like literally call it like the eight freeway. It's pretty much like it was Adams Avenue, then the eight. So I lived off Adams and I used to drive. I, I, so I have a construction company and like jobs start, jobs start early. Like they don't start late. Like you just show up early, you work and then you leave. That's how it goes. But I knew that if I, I knew that if I came to men's prayer and I'm driving from University Heights and I'm coming all the way down to Eastlake, that I wouldn't have enough time because men's prayer ends at 6.30. I wouldn't have enough time to sit in traffic and get there, set up my people, go to my jobs, do all the stuff I had to do. So I said, but how do I do this? Like, there's a way. There's a way. Like, God, if you want me, there's a way. And at that time, I had just recently purchased a motorcycle. And I was like, you know what? I'll just ride my motorcycle. But it was like 4.30 in the morning. And like, honestly, like... I'm pretty tough, but that's cold, like literally. 
Like, riding a motorcycle, literally, Todd knows. He's saying he knows, literally. So, riding a motorcycle at 4.30 in the morning, like, it sucks. Like, it doesn't matter, like, how much of a, like, great leather jacket you got, your, your gloves, like, your helmet. Like, none of that stuff matters. Like, it sucks. Like, it, like it literally, I love riding motorcycles. I ride them all the time. It's my thing to do. But that sucks. Like, it's terrible. But I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. And, it was, I mean, I remember one time, it was literally so extreme. Like, it was, like... When you ride a motorcycle, you could be, like, cruising on the freeway. You're, like, flying down the freeway, and you hit, like, a certain pocket, and you don't know because you can't see it, but you feel it, and the air gets cold, like, out of the temperature drops, like, out of nowhere. It goes from being, like, I don't know, like, 65 down to, like, maybe 50. Like, literally, it's, like, significant. Rick knows. It's significant. Literally, it's significant, like, when, that, when the, the, the temperature drops. And I remember that one specific day, I was like, you know what? I got to get to men's prayer, but it was like, I seen how cold it was. I said, I'm going to jump on this motorcycle. I'm going to fly there, get back. I actually had to pull my bike over two times because how cold and frozen, like, my hands were. Because when you ride a bike, the worst things that could get, the worst thing that could happen is your hands get cold or your feet. Like, those are the two things that you don't want to happen. Yeah, it's like, those things will take you out. So I had to pull over two different times because how cold my hands were, but I was just so determined to show up. And I remember by being consistent, literally by being consistent saying, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm gonna do what I gotta do. Like, we're gonna handle it. And by doing that, I literally had so much breakthrough that year. Like, the Lord moved like never before. Like, literally, that was the year. I remember specifically, I used to pray, show up and like almost pray the same prayer every week. Like, Lord, please bless me with the house like a lot closer because like this motorcycle ride sucks. Like, and I don't want to be doing this all the time. Like, literally, I would. And the Lord literally blessed us that year with our first home, a beautiful home in Bonita. And we've been able to do so much to it. And, and we're just so thankful. But... That's by developing the habit of being consistent and just so much started happening from there. And for me, really, it's like, you know, we could petition God's heart, but it's not showing up to men's prayer, like box check, like men's prayer, 5.30 a.m., boom, done. That's not what changes God's heart. What changes God's heart and, and you could petition his heart to move is by him seeing you change. It's not about performing. It's not about showing up. It's not about checking the box because the box doesn't do it. I've done it too long. I used to do that at my other church for like six, seven years, and I was the same. My wife will tell you. But, you know, it's, uh, it, it's been amazing just seeing what God has done from being consistent. And, you know, and that was then, but, like, really, like, you know, we go through seasons, and, and what does life, life look like now for us? Now life looks like us currently, you know, we go and just because you go to counseling doesn't mean, like, I used to, I'll explain a little bit of my thought process on counseling just because you go to counseling doesn't mean like you like are on the brink of divorce or your 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 life's over or like you're trying to get like put back together and like you're just a total hot mess it's not it's like it's like ferraris and lamborghinis that when they show up like those are they're called performance cars supercars and when they show up and they get worked on it's always like these little like quarter turn it's not like engine overhauls and this and that, like nothing works. It's, it's not like that. Like showing up to counseling is really just having these like little quarter turns in. And this season, that's where we're at. You know, that's from me taking inventory and action. It's like, hey, you know what? Where's my life going to overflow from first? And it's like my home. Like I have a business. Like I got a lot on the line. Like literally if I, I'm like what Pastor Mike said, like if God doesn't show up, like we're in hot water. Like that's how it is. But that's a life of faith. And it's amazing. And I know God always shows up time after time. And going and seeing Dr. Brian, it's like, 
you know, I would laugh. Like, I don't know if my dad knows I go, but he would laugh, like, if he knew I went to counseling. But uh, because, like, where I come from, it's almost like it's, it's, like, frowned upon. Like, it's like, you know, I remember, like, he used to always say, like, if you ever go to counseling, like, make sure they're Christian and make sure, like, you know, they're fair. Like, you know, like, as if they're going to side with, like, Monique or they're only going to side with me. And I'm like, man, you don't even, like, you know, I love you, but you don't really know what you're saying, you know. But for so long, I've bought into that, to that thought process and thought, like, why would I go? And, um, and just being blessed and able to go see Dr. Brian as, like, literally, like, revolutionized our life. Like, I've been trying to figure out problems of my own for, like, 10 plus years and I go and see this guy and yeah, he's like cost me a bunch of money, whatever. But like he figured my problems out for me, like in two months, like he did what I couldn't do in 10 years. And it's like, would I rather let pride get in the way? I, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't, I live a much more fruitful life and I'm, I'm so much more happier in it. It literally takes me to the scripture of Matthew where a wise man builds on a rock, Matthew 7, 24 through 27. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had the foundation of a rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds their house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. And to me, I'm so grateful that I built my house on a rock and that that's what I'm doing, you know, day by day. Just, you know, how could I build my house on a rock? How could I take inventory? How could I take action? How could I be better to build my house more on a rock? Because I know what literally the opposite is, and that's building your house on sand. And building your house on sand is like, has anyone ever drove a vehicle, a truck or a car that's like completely out of alignment? And it's like the steering wheel's like, Shh, and then the, but you could get the wheels to go straight. And like, you can stay in the lane, but it's like, it's ridiculous and you just feel ridiculous like driving down the road and it's like the steering wheel's crooked but you're still going straight but the wheel's to the right like it's just like literally that, that's how it is that's how building your house on sand is and it's definitely what we don't want to do and that leads us to my final point which is more life and I've seen it time after time again it's not I, you know, what we're really after here is, is the power of God. Like, we, we have tools that get laid out, that get presented, you know, going to DNA, going to men's prayer, showing up on Wednesday, showing up on Sunday. And those are great things, and, and they're tools, and they're, they're highly effective if you use them correctly. But we can't get caught in the cycle of performance. We got to get caught, or we got to get in the cycle of surrendering to God, of us showing up and just knowing, you know what, I'm not checking the box. I'm actually here because I'm gonna bring change. I'm ready to do different. What could I do different? And like literally pressing in, like I call, I call Alex all the time. I'm like, bro, pray for me. I mean, we were praying for each other. Like my business needed to like ramp up and like we were kind of like fighting some things off. And I mean, I've called Alex so many times. Alex, could you pray for me? Could you do this? Could you do that? And it's like, literally like, who do I wanna be? Like it, it's really pressing in. It's, it's pressing in and not checking the box and really finding real transformation because vulnerability is, is hard. Vulnerability is hard. It's not something that we want to go there. Like I couldn't, three years ago, I couldn't tell my dad I was going to counseling. Like I'll tell him now. 
he'll probably see a video or something, you know, my wife will send it to him. But um, yeah, but like I, I would, you know, and it's because I want to be transformed. And, and the thing is, it, it's from coming to God. It's really just surrendering and letting God do the work because you know what? It's like, it's a whole package deal. There's going to be a lot of stuff that comes with it. There's going to be a lot of parts that get shifted around in your life. It's going to be a lot of spinning plates, but you know what? It's like, it's the wild ride, but it's the good ride in Really, I, I can't tell you all the, not, and it's not just about blessings, it's about living in, in, in true freedom, being able to, to drop pride, being able to drop anger, being able to, to smile, being able to go and give someone a hug, being able to tell someone that you love them, like that, that's transformation, knowing the Lord, but you get that, you get that when you learn who the Father is, and I've just seen so much transformation, and I'm, I just, I, I, I can't express like my gratitude for it, but you know, one of the biggest things that I've seen is just the living power of God, the living power of God. When the water stops and it creates that wall and you're like, how is this? I've seen it time after time. I've seen debts get erased. I've seen just, you know, us get out of tough situations. I've seen God provide, I've seen him show up. I've seen him do so much and, and just his love. And one of the biggest revelations that I've actually had as of lately is, um, and it's from surrendering to God, even just like, you know, surrendering is always, there's levels of surrendering. You know, if you shoot your hand up in a minute, you know, it's a safe place, it's a great time to do it. But if you do, there's always levels of surrendering because the ask gets more. The ask always gets more. God is a loving God and he'll never let you stay where you're at. Stagnant stuff doesn't grow. And he's always gonna propel you. He's always gonna prompt you. The Holy Spirit will prompt you. He'll speak to you. He'll bring you on new journeys. He'll bring new people beside you. He's gonna open doors for you that you never thought could be open. He'll, he'll seat you at tables that you're like, what am I even doing here? How does this even make sense? A lot of it doesn't make sense. Me being here right now preaching six years ago didn't make sense at all. And I've just seen the power of God. And that's truly what we're after because it's not, again, it's not about showing up, checking the box, doing all the things. Really what it's about is transformation. And in this moment, really, as we come to a close here, I remember when I lived in University Heights and I, I was really at the time, I wanted to buy a motorcycle really bad. Like I come from a generation of everyone rides motorcycles and you know, blah, 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 whatever. So I was telling Monique, I was like, hey, you know what? I said, I'm going to buy a motorcycle. And she'd always tell me, no, you're not. And I'd say, no, babe, but like, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm clearly telling you, like, I'm going to buy a motorcycle. And, you know, it would go back and forth. No, you're not. No, you're not. And I mean, this would happen for, this would happen for like a long, long time. It would always happen. And we'd always have the same talk. And I always said, yes, she always said no. And then a final day, or finally a day came and she said, you know what? I'm done having this conversation. She said, do what you want. Don't tell me about it. And I said, okay, I won't say nothing. Look, I took it at face value. I mean, I literally took it at face value. Like she said it, that was the blessing right there. The wife was in agreement. Like, you know, your words are a GPS locator of where you're at. And it said where she was at. She said, okay, she said, do it. And I'm telling you, I called my grandpa up. He's an old man and He's been riding motorcycles like 50 plus years. And I tell him, his name's Cherokee. And I tell him, Cherokee, he's from Kentucky. I'm half white. Um, yeah, so I am. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, I say, Cherokee. I said, look, I got X amount of dollars. I said, I need to get a motorcycle. 
it's time because that's been always one of his lifelong dreams is riding with us and the grandkids and you know even though my mom never approved of it and all that stuff and he'd always get in trouble but um yeah so i called him up i said grandpa i said i got x amount of dollars what can we do and he said let me talk to some people so he called around talked to a couple of his buddies and he called me back later a few days later and said hey i got a bike for you i said all right so i got all my money together got with him i didn't even know how to even ride the thing Literally, I didn't. I literally, I bought a bike without even knowing how to ride it. And we literally had to smuggle it, like, inside. Like, I had, we, when we lived in University Heights, we had a small little, like, 700 square foot, very tiny little home. And then we had a single detached, keyword detached, garage. And that was, like, my spot. Monique never went in there. Like, never. Like, it was so rare. Like, she literally, she wouldn't show up there for, like, two, three months at a time, I swear. So... I say, Cherokee, I got my money. Let's get this bike. Like, let's. it's a great deal. Like, it's a steal. Literally, it's a steal. I said, I'll go meet with you. We'll get it. We'll get the bike down. You can ride it. I'll give you a ride home later. All that stuff. So we pretty much smuggled the bike all the way down from wherever it came from all the way to my garage in University Heights. I, You know, we have a whole plan set up. I'm like, oh, she can't see us. She can't see us. Like, I don't want her to see us. She said yes, but I don't want her to see us. So literally we're like, all right. So we're hiding at the corner and I'm like, garage remote door opener, bink. And then the garage rolls up and I'm like, dude, I got to like the way my driveway, the, the pitch of my driveway, I don't want the bike to bottom out. Like it's jacked up the concrete. I said, you're going to have to literally like, but she can't hear it because Harleys are loud. So I said, you're going to have to like get the right amount of speed. Like we're talking maybe 30 miles an hour. And before you get like a house and a half away, you got to cut that engine, man. And you got to jump that curb, get that guy in there and you got to run out. I'm on the corner. I ain't going to the house, but I'm on the corner. And it happened. And it happened. The plan was successful. The plan was successful. It, it was. No, it's a true story. My wife, she'll, she'll tell you. So the plan was successful. The bike gets secured. And man, like, it, honestly, like, it, it felt so nice to have, like, such a beautiful bike and I was so happy. And it was great. But at the same time, at the same time, it was, it was really tough because Monique never went in the garage and she never seen it. And it's like, what is Monique going to think as she sees me pull that thing out? I mean, it's a big bike. And... I just like, so I had to cover it. I had to hide it. And it sucked because it's like, I got this like killer bike. I want to go ride it. I'm trying to go cruise, turn the radio on, do my thing. And literally like, I, I, I couldn't do it. And that bike sat there for like three to four weeks. I kid you not inside that garage with the cover over it. And you know, now Christmas time's rolling around and like everyone wants to throw every money. Well, I don't know about everyone, but money likes to take stuff from the house and put it in the center of the garage. And then like, I got to put it places and get it later for her. Like that's her cleaning area, like where she drops her goods off at, at the garage. So um, she had some stuff that was already in there and she had some Christmas lights or I don't know if, no, it wasn't even Christmas lights. She already had hung her Christmas lights and she goes, hey babe, um, this outlet isn't working. You know, it's an exterior outlet, like outside of the garage. I said, okay, no problem, babe. Like I'll go run and I'll, I'll, um, I'll get an extension cord and we'll, we'll put it, we'll put it um, in the garage for you. No problem, I'll take care of it. And she goes, no. She goes, I don't mind, I'll do it. I said, no, babe, it's okay, don't worry. Like go do something else. Like you got other stuff to do, babe. I got it, don't worry, like it's easy. Be back right now. And so she didn't listen and she did it herself. And she walks in the garage and there's like this just big object that's covered. Yeah, it's like a really big object. It's like dead center of the garage. It's like the garage is already small enough. It's literally like a little Cracker Jack garage. It's like super small. So literally she turns around and looks at me and says, 
I can't say what she said because I'm preaching and this is recorded, but she said a couple things and, you know, it's okay though. I get it. It was a big deal. But, um, you know, in that moment, she was shocked and, and, and to be honest with you, I was actually really relieved. I was really relieved because I didn't have to hide that bike no more. And yeah, it sucked that, I mean, well, it didn't suck. She said to do it, but it's like, I did what she said to do. And even if she didn't mean to do what she said for me to do, I did what she said to do. And I ended up with the bike and, and that's, that's just the truth. But like, it, it was painful. Like those three weeks, like I wanted to be out on that thing. I wanted to be out on that thing. I wanted to be riding it, enjoying it. And I couldn't. And then I finally get caught. And being caught is like coming to surrenderance and a weight was lifted off my shoulder. A massive weight was lifted off my shoulder and I walked like, I swear, after I was caught, I, I literally walked, I kid you not, I walked into freedom from that, from that specific situation. And I really wonder like how many people in here right now need to experience freedom like me, like I was hiding that, that bike for, and it sounds funny, but it's like, it is kind of funny, but it's a true story. It's just a true story. And it's really how I felt. Like I felt freedom. There was a release. I wasn't having to hide that from her no more. And I really wonder how many of us in here really need to experience like a, a fresh take, a fresh measure of freedom, whether we received it once or we received it twice, it doesn't matter. Or if we've never received it, and really, if there's anyone in here who really needs to receive freedom and it's not subject or limited to anything, it could be whatever it is. You, and you don't got to tell me. I don't need to know. You got to know. There'll be a prompting. The, the Holy Spirit, he's so good. The Holy Spirit will, will, will tug on your heart. The Holy Spirit will illuminate certain things and he'll tell you, hey, okay, I think it's time we could work on this. And, 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 and he's patient. Like we all have plenty of things to work on, but it doesn't get bombarded and thrown in our face and, you know, made a mess all at once. It's like, it's, it's strategic. It's time by time, you know, piece by piece. And really, if I could pray for anyone in here and it's not subject to, to uh, having to take inventory, having to take action, but really even if anyone needs more life or more freedom, if I could just have everyone bow their heads really quick and I'm not gonna ask you guys to come down. Typically we do. We got a lot of stuff going on tonight, but I just wanna pray for you guys in your seats. And if there's any of you guys in here that I could pray for, for anything, like I said, it's not subject or limited to anything that I've spoke on. It could be anything because I'll tell you what guys, speaking from real experience, like real time, real stuff coming from my heart, there's been so many times when I've made it almost a reason. I don't want to say an excuse because an excuse sounds kind of harsh, but I've made it more so kind of like a reason where, oh, they didn't mention this. They're praying only for uh, inventory action and more life and, or, you know, for freedom. And I wouldn't raise my hand, but I knew in my heart that I needed it. I really knew I needed it. And there was, there's just time after time, I, I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't lift my hand. So I want to make that very clear to you guys that it's not subject to anything. It's subject to you. That's the only thing it's subject to. And if I could pray for anyone, for any circumstance, it could be uh, a bad report from the doctor. It could be a health diagnosis. It could be, um, you know, your marriage could be on the rocks. It could just be for you just wanting more for your life. Whatever it is, like if you're coming up against any forms of walls, like if you feel there's friction, like you just can't break through something and like you're trying, you're wrestling, you're, you're doing all the works and, and, and they could be good works, but you need breakthrough. 
I just really want to challenge you guys. This is just a super safe spot. It's a safe moment. It's a sacred moment. The Holy Spirit's in here, and, um, and he's ready to comfort us. He's ready to comfort us. He's ready to deliver us. He's ready to bring freedom, and it's free. That's what's amazing about it. It's just, it's, it's a gift. And the way a gift works is, you know, I could have a gift in my hand, and if I go up to my wife and I say, hey, babe, I bought you a gift. Here's a gift for you, and she chooses not to accept it, then that's what it is. She won't receive it because she didn't accept it. And I'm not going to ask you guys to get up out of your seats and you can put your hand down immediately after I just see it. But if there's any of you guys in here for that I could pray for before I throw the mic over to Pastor Mike, could you please just raise your hand? Because the Holy Spirit's here. The Holy Spirit's ready to move. He's ready to deliver. He's ready to save. He's a good God. Man, such a generous God. We, we serve such a loving God. I've seen it. I don't deserve almost anything I have in my life. And I've just seen God come time after time and say, my son, here you are. And I know that's available for you. And look at all these hands, man. This is beautiful. You guys could all put your hands down. I just see them all. I mean, literally all across the room, over 30 hands. Amazing. And for those of you who didn't raise your hands, I'm going to include you in my prayer if you wanted to raise your hand. But I just thank you, God. I thank you, God, for such a time as this. I thank you for this very December 27th that your presence was here and that we were marked by you. We were marked by you. Your presence is here. And we thank you, Father, for your freedom. We thank you for every single thing that you have for us. We thank, we're thankful that you have a plan and a future for us. We pray, Father, just more of you and less of us, Father. Today, December 27th, we're at the end of ourselves and we just knee. We take a knee in advance, Father, because every knee, the Bible says that every knee will bow. So we, Father, say we'll take a knee in advance because we know that we will take a knee at some point in time if we didn't. So we just thank you, Father God, for your peace. We thank you for your patience. We thank you for your love. And we just pray that the Holy Spirit just does radical things. We're talking supernatural things where we're not caught up in, we're not caught up in um, just a, not, not a rat race, but just in the, because we're not of it, but just in these crazy times, you know, that we're able to focus, like the world can move fast. We can still be disciplined. We can still be poised. We can still go after things. We can still dream. We can still succeed, but we're not confined. We're not subject to the world, but we're only subject to you, Father. We just thank you, Father, for your presence. We thank you for what you're doing here today, Father, and we give it all to you in Jesus' mighty name. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.